You're listening to Super Power Up with multidimensional master, superpower expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Tonya Don Reckla. If you're ready to disrupt reality, then sit down, strap in, and prepare to experience the show that proves there is no spoon. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I'm so excited today. We have such a treat for you all. Um, we attract really amazing people, but this one in particular, this, this one, this this person, this being that we've uh, managed to attract today um, is is really somebody that that I look up to in the sense of courageously walking their walk. And I can't think of really any more public way to to be on your journey than in the way that Paul Selig has gone through <laughs> through things over the last few years. Um, through his book series, starting with I Am Word. If you're familiar with his work, then then I don't know how you could experience it and not be kind of taken aback by the the courage that um, that he shows as as you know in his personhood in walking into this. Like, like I think sometimes it's easy to forget as information comes through and we get scared by it or we get triggered by it that there are people involved in in these endeavors and and there's they have their own things and their own. Um, you know, identities with stuff. And, and each one of us is called into service in really different ways. And so when we see people boldly walking their walk and just traversing, and, and especially when we know that, that that there's no way that that walk has always been um, easy um, and they do it so effortlessly and so generously and share it with the rest of the world, um, really, I think it's worthy of taking a moment of pause and just in gratitude um, and appreciation for that. And so, so at the very least, I hope that we accomplish that today and, and, uh, demonstrate to Paul just how much we appreciate his work in the world and, um, glean, you know, his wisdom. We have him here. So we're going to take advantage of that too. But first and foremost, a giant thank you and gratitude, um, for being who you are and for walking that walk. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today, Paul. Thank you for having me. That's very kind of you. Absolutely. Well, we are excited. So we're, we're going to jump right in. But to, before I do, I'm going to set the stage. We're going to talk today about Beyond Reality, Paul's new series, Beyond the Known. It's absolutely amazing. The first book's getting ready to come out. You're going to want to make sure you pick up a copy. We'll have links and instructions and all that good stuff. Um, but we're going to merge kind of this idea of disrupting reality and beyond the known and see what comes in the middle of all of that and essentially address like why so many of us are afraid of taking those steps and why it's okay to, to take that very slowly and to, to awaken slowly and to be, to be where you are. Um, but before we do that, we're gonna ask Paul our question, of course, what are your superpowers? Oh, I can hear. I'm a clairaudient in channel and um, I also have an odd ability to step into other people, the living primarily and become them and hear them as well. I'm a bit like a, uh, a human radio or switchboard. Well, <laughs> different levels and access information um, beyond what people expect as the normal ways of, of being in communication. Mm, I love how you phrase that. And, the, and, and so that, that immediately opens up all kinds of channels of questions for me. And, and the one that popped in the quickest was this idea of like, okay, so like, I'm sure that didn't always just roll off your tongue with such ease, like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I do. So what, what was that experience like for you realizing that? It, it, it's come to me in stages, so there wasn't an abrupt sense of, oh my God, I'm now in broadcast. When I was in my um, mid-20s, I started to open up spiritually, and the beginnings of a psychic opening happened at the same time. And then I studied a form of energy healing, 
when I was in my early 30s, and I found that when I had my hands on people, I began to hear things for them. It was as if the ongoing chatter in my mind would be interrupted by a thought or a word or a series of words that were not mine. And I found that if I spoke them, um, I would get confirmation from the person that I was working with. And that was channeling, which was, you know, taking dictation. The way that I take dictation now, which is I close my eyes and dictate, you know, entire books that, that don't require editing. And I do this now in front of audiences. <laughs> that only made itself known maybe 10 years ago. Um, you know, one that channel really opened up or I just began to relinquish the need to understand, you know, what was happening. So now it's quite normal um, for me to do this, but I think had it happened in the way that it's become too quickly, I would have been even more challenged by it than I was. Mm. I'm so glad that you said that because I think a lot of times in, in the personal development kind of uh, spiritual growth communities and stuff, there's, there seems to be this like, you know, desire to, to go fast or to pit ourselves against each other. And I appreciate you really giving voice to that. Like, like I, I love to remind our clients, like there is a reason we wake up slowly folks and we can't. And, and I think in the midst of it to, to insist upon understanding as we're going through it, I think it's just, you know, kind of fruitless. It's, it's, it's really the, the comprehension, the, the gratitude I think for it can be, can be seen with grace in retrospect. Um, but in the midst of it, it's like just because, you know, this neighbor over here is doing this and this person's over here is doing this, it, it's your, your, your path is your path, you know, and there's, there's and a lot of times we stay in places longer than perhaps we think other people are because there's work that we do there, right, or in, in some form of transformation and um you know, I, you know, I laugh. I'm like, they could at least dangled it, you know, been like, let me just show you what's coming to like, keep you going. But, but it, it's so beautiful, like you said, in, in how it, in the unfoldment that it's like, you can almost, it, you can almost not begrudge the process, right? In retrospect, I can, I was told by a medium when I was, gosh, in my early thirties, two of them, I think, you know, that my work would really kick in in my late forties. And I was, mm -hmm. I thought, why would I have to wait? I mean, you know, 30 years ago, I was a college teacher for 25 years. And when I was 48, I think that's when the first book was dictated. Um, they were absolutely right. And in retrospect, I wouldn't have been able to handle any of it had it happened earlier. Um, I was much more in the way. And I would have had much more of an investment in what people thought of me. And mm -hmm. one of the things I've had to, to really begin to let go of in order to be able to show up effectively. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I have to tell you, I'm very familiar with your work and um, a number of others. And there's not very many people that I follow religiously, if you will, um, or with any degree of um, consistency. But but you, you've stuck in there. And, and part of it is, is because, you, you know, you can just tell you can feel the work that comes through you. And I have to say, I God and I had a lot of uh, conversations around this because I, I found myself having really serious channel envy early on. And um, I remember having a discussion one day with, with the divine and just being like, look, can't you just tell me like, like this information is coming through and I'm furiously jotting it down. I'm like, okay, so I get to just write this in a book, right? I get to just do that, right? Like, here's the book and just tell me the title and we'll be good to go. Right. And, um, you know, it wasn't designed to be that way. And it was, I had some, I had some real uh, challenges with that at a certain point. So you certainly acted as a beautiful mirror for me at one point, because it, 
and and it, it not to negate your journey with it, but from this side of things, I think sometimes we look at people's journeys and their gifts and what what they're being presented with, and and sometimes it can create that kind of envy, you know, like wait, why can't I do it that way? That sounds a lot easier. Um, so kudos to you for making it look effortless. Um, well, it, you know, the funny thing is, there's no glamour in it whatsoever. You know, channeling, true channeling, as far as I'm concerned, is is stenography. It's mm-hmm. It's sitting there and allowing this other thing to happen. And when people say to me that they want to be a channel, I always ask why. You know, why? (laughs) Not that I have this great pipeline that's going to solve all my own difficulties. I wish I did. Mm. But, you know, the work that I get from my guides, you know, primarily is for others. The guides I work with are teachers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's funny to have your name on all these books that you didn't write and to try Mm -hmm. to relationship with that and what people think of that it's a very different thing so i of course envy what other people have you know in the other ways of working that are are more personal i suppose and and a little less um you know i i feel truthfully secondary to the work that comes through the work that comes through is the guides and i'm just the guy i'm the, the guy that sits in the chair mm-hmm. well i can affirm for you there's i mean regardless of how um, how it comes, you know, our, our work is really in, in threading all of it together and, and seeing all the various ways and abilities that people are, are being, um, asked to present uh-huh. right now. And, um, there seems to be that moment. I think that people get to there, there, even, even in the work that I do, which, which is very much synthesis and it's, it's a constant, um, flow through and everything else there, there, there was a moment and, and there've been many moments of like really feeling like a puppet. I, I said to my husband, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've never had like my own thought like ever, you know, because what, and once you start kind of getting into that space and you realize like, like, like I was looking around for hidden cameras at one point, like, wait, like thinking I'm on the Truman show or something like who's really running things around here. You know, there. so, so I'd imagine in all of this, there's those moments, but you did say something that I want to pick up on right after the break. Um, before we cut to break, where can people go to find out more about you, Paul? My website, which is just my name, Paul Selig, S-E-L-I-G dot com. Perfect. And folks, we're talking with Paul Selig today about Beyond Reality. I'm going to ask him a question about what he just got done sharing with us right after we come back from the break. So stay with us and we'll be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Awesome. We're back with the Superpower Up podcast and the Disrupt Reality series. We're talking today with Paul Selig about beyond reality, specifically about the, the new work that's coming through and beyond the known. Um, but before we jump into that, this is a nice segue, actually. Um, Paul, you were talking about before the break that, you know, that your experience being the channel, this and that. But, but I did pick up on something at the end of the last book prior to realization, and it felt like something shifted right? That's when you got the invitation to kind of step through. And it, it just felt 
Um, and, and I could be just overlaying it, but, but there was a, this sense that I had that what was going to come next was going to be very different. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it was connected, um, as I'm diving into realization, um, the, it feels like it's really connected into that aspect of their teaching of the, um, I know how I serve. And for whatever reason, it felt like all the gears kind of started clicking together. And and so are you experiencing what you do now and, and how you walk this in a little bit of a different way? I'm beginning to. It's not what I expected. You know, the, you're, you're referring to the end of, of the Book of Freedom. And at the end of the Book of Freedom, they invite all their students, you know, across this threshold. And there, there's all this great excitement, and, and they're, they're inviting me to come as well. And I'd heard in a reading years prior to that that, you know, my job is to hold the door, you know, for other mm -hmm. people. I was like, well, okay, I guess somebody gets to hold the door. And what I realized in retrospect, you know, is that the, doors, the door was the books. I was holding this for the books to come through for other people. Beyond the Known Realization, which is the first book um, in, in this new trilogy, really establishes the idea or the, the energy of what's on the other side of the threshold. The whole book takes place there. And they completed yet another book since then. I finished dictation on it maybe five weeks ago. And um, that's all about the transition between floors, between states of vibration mm -hmm. or octaves, as they say it. And that one really knocked the crap out of me, I have to say, because that really is about the process of divesting the mask and the ways that we negotiate a reality, you know, based on, you know, collective agreement about what should be. So the idea of aligning to the higher octave, which I can feel and experience, especially when I'm channeling, the guides bring everybody up there in a workshop. It's quite something to experience. But the idea of maintaining that vibration seems to require a release of the ideas of who we are and what reality is. And as you said, the point of this is how we serve. The guides say that how we serve is to be the most full expression of the true self, is what they call the divine self, eternal self. At times they say Christ itself. That's the self that, by nature of its being, lifts what it encounters to what they call the upper room, that other space, mm -hmm. uh, threshold. So I'm beginning to experience what exists beyond sort of the, the transit and just glimpses of it. You know, as I said, you know, none of this stuff has been as I expected it. Mm -hmm. Even my ideas of of where they were going, you know, when they began, you know, nine books ago now with I Am The Word, isn't where they've taken us, although they've been extremely explicit about what their plan was. You know, in the very first book, they say, you know, the Christ in humanity is an event that happens. And their definition of Christ is the aspect of the creator that can be realized in material form. And that is what they're teaching. And realization is the teaching of the upper room and embodiment, the realization of actively being there in form in order to, you know, support the transformation of, of what we encounter in this sort of collective reality we've chosen to incarnate in.
Mm-hmm. Well, and it's so fascinating to me because this is this this is really our space, right? It's the how do you be this here? Um, our you know in our courses, our superpower programs, the the courses that came through me were redesign your reality, right? And and it and it was interesting to me because when when um, the information came through that what they call the upper room, um, they they, whoever, whatever, however, that inspiration comes through me, that it was the abstract frequency. And I had the experience that they speak to, which is that you see, like, it was really surprising to me to, to, to experience that and to see everybody there, right? Because a lot of that pecking order kind of echelon thing happens in um, the developmental communities or transformation communities of like, well, who's where on, on, on the thing. And so all of a sudden you, you get into this space where it's like, wait, everybody's there. And, and I, and in my own way, that was anticlimactic, right? It was kind of like, wait a second, like, what happened? Like, where are we? And it, and everything just has this kind of subtle twist, like cause and effect are different and how we see. And so then how do we stay in that? And I was a counterintelligence agent uh, working for the government when that, those realizations started happening. And it was exactly what you're speaking to. Like, how do you stay there? How do you exist there? And I, you know, I was operating in one of those paranoid, like super like a crazy environment that mm-hmm. you could probably think of like you want to talk about density right the fear is palpable um and and here i am trying to like maintain this higher frequency and it was it was really challenging right I, and i got to play with it and everything and and from all i mean that was you know over a decade ago and it and it and what's transpired since then it's interesting to me and i'm a little weirded out a lot when i ex- experience your material because the um, and and I've started charting like all of the similar languages across um, cultures and echelons, everything else, um, and, and how everything's repeated. And so, so it's really I don't even know that I'm leading to a clear question. It's just the um, it's such an interesting. It's so interesting to hear you talk about your experience on the other side of it and, and the realizations that are coming to you. Um, I've been in it like you know with my hands dirty, like how, trying to like help in that reprogramming unprogramming like slopping off thing um actually now i know where this is taking us so the um the the place where we got to so incredibly clearly was not just the being of service but the service as it is predicated on top of the awareness of who we are and mm-hmm. when all of that started to come through i it all clicked like all of the, the information that's come through you like how it all fit together because if you don't have this level of awareness of like who you are, it's like we started mixing up personal development with spiritual growth. And once we did that, it got all confusing, right? So people actually thought that there was something that you had to do to develop the spirit. And I love in realization, you really hammer that home um, through their teachings is a sense that, that that's like done, right? It, it's, it's, and it's exemplified in a number of spiritual teachings and doctrines throughout the ages. Um, but if we go looking for how we serve without having that piece firmly in place, then we use how we serve to define ourselves. Exactly right. And we always come up short, right? Well, how do you walk through a world that's purposely designed to replicate that feeling of in- inadequacy and, and, and maintain that, right? And so I appreciate what the guides are doing through you and, and attuning and attuning and attuning and attuning. And it's been constant in all of your work. Um, what's been the outflowing of that? Like, have you seen steady um, increase in your ability to hold those frequencies? I mean, you did, you mentioned, um, you know, having to lose concern about what other people think, right? That would be an achievement in my book of, of that expansive presence. 
What else have you seen in that regard? Well, I mean, it's almost too much to talk about. And at the same time, I don't know what to say. Um, mm -hmm. each, each book seems to carry with it its own attunement, which seems to be built on the ones prior. And the attunement um, that they're working with now in this new series is through the claim, I have come, which they actually say is spoken by the divine self or the true self, the one who knows who he or she is and what he or she is, which has come in form. And the emergence of that, the arrival of that in manifestation is in fact the claim I have come. So the energy of it when I work with it is extraordinary. And when I work with it in classes and they have people stand up, you can feel the sheets of energy sort of mm -hmm. move off them in waves. And what the guides say that's doing is lifting what it encounters to a light vibrational accord. So my experience of all this, I mean, right now I'm coming through a four-month passage, which really began with the dictation of the last book, where I sort of thought I was in a pretty great place. And then all of this, you know, everything that I felt sort of was secure internally started to become challenged. And I've moved mm -hmm. this process now. And, you know, I have to say it feels necessary yet again. Um, and it's the last thing I wanted, you know, because really it's my investment in who I thought I was and consequently who others are to me, you know, based right. on ideas that are, are being moved. So none of this for me right now is, is comfortable. And I, I have to say though, that my own path for however it is high or lower in between, I really don't know, whatever it's been has never been tremendously graceful. And the books that come through me, I don't find to be convenient teachings to the egoic structure. It's just the last thing my personality self wants to hear. Um, and I continue to have to bring it through because that's the teaching and there's no way for me around it. So I actually would have to say that I'm probably benefiting more from the teachings right now in terms of creating the energy of them than I thought possible. But the process of doing that really is a bit of, um, you know, sort of facing oneself. And, you know, the guide said in um, this book, the book of truth, they said, you know, truth is here and it's a, it's a field, it's a frequency. And they say, in truth, a lie cannot be held. And everything that's been buried and hidden within ourselves or within the world is, is basically being excavated in order for it to be seen. Because mm -hmm. nothing gets healed until it's known for what it truly is. And the guides actually say there's everything is of God because there can be nothing outside of that. So the re-knowing of the divine and what we've hidden or denied is a reckoning of sorts. And the guides call it a reckoning. They say reckoning is a facing of the self and all of one's creation. So I don't know if I'm answering your questions. I'm sort of saying I guess that I'm in it still. And if you ask me, another two months, I might have a very different answer. <laughs> Isn't that the way? Well, if it helps, and for all of you listening who are experiencing similar things, the way that the construct came through me was originally when when the idea of the abstract frequency came through, It was it, the vision was it kind of broke up between traditional mindset and abstract frequency. And when I started teaching that, 
the confusion came because all of us have some sort of recollection of what we would consider breaking out of the matrix, right? What you were talking about, like having your life completely upended, right? I, I call it like someone took your snow globe and just shook it, right? And so um, we all remember that, right? And that, and then we thought, okay, that was it. Like a lot of us thought the awakening was it, right? Well, that was for a lot of us just the first step. And and then we kind of traversed through this this awareness phase. And and what I found was that when it, there were only two options, the traditional mindset and the abstract frequency, everybody was like, well, I must be in the abstract frequency because we remember breaking out of something. We remember something happened. And so so then I kept asking, well, what do what needs to be tied here? Because this isn't clicking. And so all of a sudden the evolved consciousness emerged in between those two. And what it speaks to is that awakening process and what transpires after that. And and we brought forward that personality kind of establishment. So we have a lot of people who establish themselves within that space that are starting to sense this next space. And it's frightening because we remember the um the, the the total destruction that occurred the first time and we're not none of us are really all that up for it a lot of us have some things that we'd like to preserve you know and it's like some relationships and some businesses and some some ways of beingness that we think are important and so when um and so when we cross from that evolved consciousness into the abstract frequency the experience is very much like what you're giving voice to which is this idea of like you got plucked off of one campus or plopped into another and um i have a like a you know the high school senior becomes a college freshman and um, you know, or, or you got plucked off of one planet and thrown on another one and you're trying to figure out all the rules and stuff here and the rules are different for the first few weeks. I remember the circus theme was in my head, like, I felt like I was in a fun house and, um, you know, and, and it's, it, it happens in subtle ways on each of these kind of frequencies, but there is a pretty significant one that people are reporting that seems to have a lot of similarities, which, you know, it, it's just another framework, another construct that we're creating. And I'm sure there's another one beyond that. But it helps, I think, sometimes for our um, more frail human pieces to be able to go, OK, what the heck is going on here? And, and whether it's true or not true or we're just making up stories to make ourselves feel better, um, regardless, there, there, there are those common threads. And what you're reporting is very similar to that. And I know so many of you are going through that. Um, but but it's okay to say i mean i mean i love the grace with which you speak to it paul it's like like you know who you are in the sense of like obviously you you're this 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 amazing vessel that brings through this brilliant teaching and i think people forget like like we don't escape this like you can't fake the funk here folks like you have to be in it there's no like skipping steps and so at, when you agree to be that in the world um that, that that comes at a cost to us to to the to the smaller self of us you know and um and that's why i was saying in the beginning like there are actually like humans and relationships and and, and situations that exist beyond this work um and and we're all reconciling that as well and so i appreciate you being willing you know to give voice to that is there um you, you talk about this in process is there a goal like have, have what is the point of the teachings you know, I mean, I, you know, this is the kind of thing where I should like step back and see if they want to come through because the guides have often said it's the small self that seeks enlightenment. The goal effect mm -hmm. is realization, but it's not the realization of the personality self or, or the deification of, of the personality structure, you know, the way we've known ourselves in the world. It seems to be what they're teaching, if I'm understanding it, is the realization of the divine as who and what we are, 
at a level of vibration that actually lifts things to what they call the kingdom. And they say the kingdom is the awareness of the divine that exists in all things. But in order to have that realization of, of the world, for lack of a better word, of the kingdom, you have to be at a level of alignment to hold it. And they say it's not a new teaching. It's an old, old teaching. And this is how they're bringing it through. Mm-hmm. So it is, to an extent, a teaching of manifestation. They say that, you know, in many ways we were taught that God or whatever you want to call God or spirit existed somewhere else. And that the body itself was this unfortunate thing that we walked around in that was, you know, hindering our relationship to spirit. And they're actually claiming the divine in form and working with that. You know, God is all things, including the blood and the marrow. And as this is realized and renowned, everything is lifted. And they say, you know, you can't, if you deny the divinity of form, you're denying the divinity in your own form. You're denying the divinity in everything else that has taken form. And the realization of God as all things comes from the one who knows who he or she is as of God. They say but, God is not in all things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, but 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 if, uh, if if we came from that and allegedly we are that, then why the journey? Like, what's why the separation and to what end? If we can realize it in form but if we came from that what is to what end to what end if we already come from that well i mean from what i understand is we we incarnated in this belief in separation which isn't so so they're taking us beyond separation the separation you know between ourselves and the ones beside us and source you know, what, have they ever disclosed what prompted the separation? Yeah, they basically, well, basically my sense is that we did it to ourselves. You know, we align to fear and we align to scarcity and we begin to create from that. I never hear that it came from something external. I know some people go there and that's not how they've taught us um, or they've not taught through me. Maybe one day they'll get into it. But my understanding is we did it, you know, we've aligned to it. I mean, they say again and again in their books, the action of fear is to claim more fear. And then they'll say even fear is of God as well. It just denies it. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't know it. And so to move beyond fear, and they say if you align to this feel that they call the upper room, fear actually doesn't operate there. You have to go back downstairs Mm -hmm. to get it. And that seems to be where they're taking us to begin to have the experience of non-duality. But if we did it, then that the concept of we, us doing it, is in and of itself dualistic. Yeah. So then that still begs the question, where did the dualism come from? Well, I mean, I can ask them if they want to take it today. I don't know if I should be channeling today, but they're saying, why not, if you want to know where you chose this? (laughs) If you want to know where you chose this, you decreed separation. You decreed separation as a way to learn, as a way to learn, an opportunity to evolve, an opportunity to evolve. You're actually in broadcast always. You're actually in broadcast always. And that's mm-hmm. 
and an aspect of self is always unity, is always in unity and highly aware of it, and highly aware of it is the strata beneath that. It's the strata beneath that that you become somewhat trapped in, that you have become somewhat trapped in, in the idea of good and bad, in the idea of good and bad, good and evil, good and evil, that in many ways precludes God, that in many ways precludes God from becoming your full expression, from becoming your full expression, to know the self as of God, to know the self as of God has only one requirement, has only one requirement, to know the same in all things, to know the same in all things, in unification. In unification, you, beyond, you, move beyond, you move beyond the idea of the barrier, the idea of the barrier that is separation, that is separation, we call it an idea, and we call it an idea because, of course, that's what it is, because, of course, that is what it is, or the idea. However, the idea, through through emblazonment, through the collective, through the collective has taken hold, has taken hold, taken form, taken form, and you utilize as a weapon, and you utilize it as a weapon against one another, against one another in order to maintain a sense, in order to maintain a sense of identity, of identity that is fraudulent, that is fraudulent, when you release the fraudulent identity, when you release the fraudulent identity, which is indeed separation, which is indeed separation, you understand you've always been, you understand who you have always been and who others are as well, and who others are as well, period. And the same period. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And it, it always leads back to that same. And my suspicion is, is that if we get too close to the actual inception point while we're in, imbi- like, then, then, I mean, that is like, that's the last moment prior to um, the experience of oneness, because it, it all makes perfect sense, even when it makes no sense at all. But it makes perfect sense in the, in the higher echelons. And the, but all roads always lead back to like that one inception point. And it feels to me like the knowledge of the one inception point is connected to everything they just spoke to. You know, it could well be. I mean, basically, I take dictation. You know, I'm not even mm-hmm. always the best student of the work. Um, mm-hmm. of my comprehension of it, there are people that study it. And, um, you know, religious scholars that look at it and seem to be able to connect the dots. But Mm-hmm. My my take on all of this stuff, especially as they go farther and farther, is that I'm having a hard time sort of grappling with the implications of what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. You know, I go, well, can it be possible? Can it truly be possible? Mm-hmm. They're taking us. And their response is, of course, otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't bother mm-hmm. Um, and it's that aspect of yourself that's sort of so tied to what you've been taught that is the one who's so challenged by it. Uh, at the end of, you know, the Book of Freedom, and they talk about this this idea that there's like a false ceiling that mm-hmm. we're all in agreement to. And once you realize that you can just sort of punch a fist through it, really, or just push it out of the way and have another experience the whole idea of what reality is begins to transform. Mm-hmm. I have to say that's kind of been my experience thus far, you know? Yeah, mine, mine as well. Like I don't, it's not, that's why I was saying it's not that far out there. The challenge comes with, um, you know, I had Dean Radin on the show and if you're not familiar with his work, you know, he's proving psi phenomenon in the laboratory and it's, you know, but part of the challenge is, okay, why, if we all know this stuff, like there's enough people who get it, who understand it, not, not, not so many, 
again, the numbers I hear about 1% of the population get it and less than 5% of that 1% are actually embodying it, actually living it, right? But that is the next phase of evolution. Like it's, it's almost, it's not out of altruism. Like you hit, you peak your mountain, you climb that mountain and, and you get to the top and it's like, okay, what now? Right. And that's where we've got a lot of people standing. It's like, well, now we got to come together because there can't be oneness if we think that we're separated. It's impossible. Nothing can be out of reach of that. And so if we know this to be true and we debunked Newtonian physics decades ago, then it's like, why are we not living as though there is no separation? Well, of course, all the things that, that you've mentioned, you know, the fear of that and kind of like, a, well, wait, do we want that even to be true? Um, and what are the implications? I mean, it's one thing to sit around saying, gosh, you wish dragons were still around, but have you really thought through what that might be like? You know, like, are we sure we want that? And so I think there's enough people sitting at that tipping point going, okay, I get it. Like, it's kind of undeniable and, and it, it feels rather inevitable, but do we really want this? Like, is this something that we're ready to take on? And And there is kind of this undeniability in it, but it has an impact and the impact is exactly what you're speaking to, which is the unraveling. I say, you know, you have to be willing to look something in the face and deny its existence because when, I mean, you, you even, you even have access to, to clear sensory perceptors and, and kind of, you know, your own brand of superpowers there, but it's, it's still, you still live your life and we're programmed as, you know, the, this this is a solid object you're sitting on, and this is you know these are walls that we have, and and um, when that that starts to dissolve, um, there are aspects of us that freak out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I didn't expect that the work that I do now would become my work, and I actually don't feel terribly special or think of mm -hmm. them powers. I feel sometimes like a, a savant, you know, this <laughs> for it. And, you know, I don't know how somebody dictates all these books without editing, you know, but it's just what happens. And yeah. my experience navigating this world has always been a challenge. You know, that's who I've been in this, in this lifetime. Do I think it changes and gets easier through this? I mean, I think the awareness of everything you're speaking about is challenging. It, it, mm -hmm. It's not convenient, you know, mm -hmm. it's not convenient for me to, you know, to step into somebody else and feel what it's like to be them, but it's also fascinating. And it also gives me uh, a very immediate experience of, of, of oneness because mm -hmm. if I step into somebody and have, you know, I'm the only guy that I've met, I think, that's, you know, had a hot flash, you know, or experienced. <laughs> uh, I didn't know what the hell to make of it, you know. And, you're so cute. Poor <laughs> woman, and I started burning from the inside out. And I said, what's going on here? And she said, it's me, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, I love it. Well, I, I can laugh because, I mean, that was my experience, too. Like I said, I was a soldier. I had a master's degree in critical theory, and I was a counterintelligence agent. And it's like, and all of a sudden, you know, there was this these experiences. And one of them was like, they, they told they, it, whatever, I, whatever it is, like, you know, to, to go energetically to go into my husband's body. And I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm like hanging out there. I'm like, cool, here you are. You know, like, oh, this is what this feels like. And all of a sudden I was like, 
what am I doing? Like, like, was this a good idea? Like, it was just that I don't know if I'm just naive enough or obedient enough or what it is. Um, but I, I had very similar, I still have very similar experiences when new curriculum comes through me or whatever. And it's like, what do you do? You know, and it, and it, you people are like, oh my gosh, you're so good. And this is this. And you're kind of like scratching your head going, what? Like, this isn't like, and it, not only does it not feel very special, it feels kind of, you know, like I've, I've certainly had my moments of feeling used mm-hmm. of, um, you know, kind of wanting to stomp my foot. And in fact, I had an experience like that. I was being taken through a number of um, visions around like the matrix concept. I mean, I've seen just about every kind of modality I, I, that's conceivable because because I needed to see the similarities in all of it. And I remember in the matrix ones, which wasn't really my cup of tea, I was like, can we go back to fairies and, you know, unicorns? But but it was, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in this vision and I finally just said, stop, like, what is going on here? Like, why am I doing all of this? And um, and that's when the, the the realness of it kind of started to hit home. And it was like, this this isn't preparation. Like, this is what you're doing. And it's like, okay, but for what purpose? Like, why am I doing this? And and, and again, the, the awareness of, you know, you, to awaken people, like to open this up, to bring this here and to do this work. And, um, and I remember like, really sitting that and it was very similar to how I felt when I first became a counterintelligence agent and I remember they brought me a stack of files and sat it on my desk and they said we want these are the new the current cases we want you to read up on them and I sat there for 30 minutes and stared at those files Mm -hmm. and I knew I just knew that that was information I could never not know and it was a rabbit hole that once I started going out I I wasn't going to be able to come out of and um you know, I, I, I could move beyond it, but I wasn't ever going to be on this side of it again. And, um, and I finally started reading them and I was like, shit, I don't think I wanted to know this. (laughs) And, you know, by then it was too late, but it it, it had the same kind of feel of like, I don't know that I want to do this, you know? And, and, and yet the inevitability of you're going to do this, like, this is what you're doing. You know, you've already done it. Like just, it's okay. Um, and, and, and then I started negotiating, you know, I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it, but, you know, or I'll do it, but, you know, and that's, you know, you hear God laughing a few times at you and you, you realize, but it's, you know, that, that was the experience. And it's like, and those moments still come up, you know, they fewer and further between and, and the resistance isn't as strong, but I think it's important to speak to that. I really do, because I know so many people who listen to our shows are sitting in those spaces and it's like, not only like, like, like you struggle with the wait, am I really that special? And wait, I'm not that special because everybody's that special, but then, then, then why am I doing it? And, and, and do I really want to give up like these, these um, shallower versions of reality? And, and regardless of how many holes we can poke in them, it's comfortable. It's what we know. Um, so we're not real apt to walk away from them. And so um, I think this is a part of the work that, that a lot of us don't hear enough and, and the camaraderie in, like this is this is real people trying to walk through this stuff and and it's okay you know and, and certainly you can learn from others mistakes but but you have your own journey to walk and you don't have to do it alone and you can have support but it, it there's a lot of people walking that right now who are who are terrified and who feel very alone um so again i thank you paul for for your transparency with that of course you know, I don't know how else to show up for this. I, you know, I, I have to tell people I'm not a spiritual teacher. You know, I'm not a guru. I'm the guy that sits in the chair, and I'm fine doing that. And I'm a student of the work that comes through me as best I can be. And um, 
and beyond that, you know, I'm just here, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, Are you open to becoming that? To be, like, do you think there, do, can you see forward to a time when it's not so much the channeling, but it is, like, you are, you are that? I'm more present in the work when I, you know, when I first started doing workshops, I mean, the books only started coming through me in 2009. So it's been 10 years and, you know, about eight books so far in in that time. Um, When I would initially do workshops, I would introduce myself and then I would close my eyes and I would come back at the end of the weekend as Paul and say, thank you all for coming. And the guides would teach the entire thing. And now I'm more present. I channel, I, I, I understand the teachings enough that I can speak to them. And I do more of the kinds of readings that I do, which I do, you know, with the guides, but just the stepping into people and the guides often mm-hmm. you know, have commentary. So I'm more present, but I don't, um, what I don't really want is the projection from mm-hmm. about what it means to do this. You know, I, I taught at NYU for 25 years. I really loved it. I loved being a teacher. It's a part of who I am. And I think that's something that does get utilized. You know, I know how to show up for students, so I'm able to show up for this and for the channeling. Um, But I don't know that I'll ever truly be the expert on this subject. Um, The moment I think I really get it, is the moment they introduce something entirely different. I mean, they say, you know, we're all radios and we're all in broadcast and they're teaching us how to play the higher stations that have always been available. And I'm learning too. So if I do ever get in that place where I'm there and I can say, boy, I'm really embodied now, which would be remarkable, um, perhaps that does happen, but it's not something that I'm demanding, you know, even necessarily inspiring to aspiring to which probably means that it's inevitable (laughs) there's i mean ultimately it has to be right like you can't you can't be a channel of something outside yourself if oneness exists right and so ultimately all of that gets and and you know i've integrated more spirit guides and entities and everything i and there seems to be phases with it and i think you know, and I've also talked to a lot of people, a lot of our clients who channel angels or other entities and, and the idea of letting that go or that getting integrated at some point is, is like its own loss of a security um, or, 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 you know, a security blanket. I just got this image of like the kid from the peanuts, you know, Linus or whoever it was that had the blanket. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, it is that kind of idea and, and, and it all, it all comes and it all goes and it all fades in it all, you know, and all of it gets integrated. Um, I, I suspect, I mean, if the, if the teachings are what the teachings are, I don't see how it could be any way but that. Um, and it, that has its own share of, of implications. And I'm fine with it if that's the way it evolves at this mm-hmm. point. I'm really, I can't argue this. I mean, the, my agreement is I show up for this work and they do as well. And mm-hmm. so I continue to show up. But, you know, in terms of my... How can I say this? You know, the, there's a point where I know what it feels like to be them. And it does feel like who I truly am beyond any idea that I might mm, hold. Interesting. It's not saying that I am them. You know, my, this odd phenomena happens when I work. I've never seen it, but it's been reported, you know, for years 
and I suppose it's on film someplace, but, you know, my eyes turn bright blue when I channel, when I have dark eyes, I have hazel eyes, very, very pale blue, to the point where people just assume I have blue eyes, um, and, and I don't. And, you know, the physical experience of this work, which is really being without fear and in a place of love that is extraordinary, you know, I, I would love to be able to operate at that level on a daily basis. I'm somebody that, you know, has had fear through much of his life. And the idea and the experience of being without that is is astonishing to me. And I do get it when I'm in the work at that level. There is no fear in the work and there is no fear in the guides. In fact, they'll override my fear, you know, if I'm shaken the first day of the channeling of the newest book, the one that'll be out next year, I learned of, um, of a friend's death an hour before um, I began. And it was a dear friend and from my academic life who'd taken his life. And it was the last person I thought would have happened. And I went into a room with the students and the guides announced they were beginning a book. And I'm so destabilized by the news that it's the last thing I ever would have thought could have happened. And that's when they began the new book. And the entire book really came from places of, of destabilization of how I thought I should be or what it meant to be ready. For mm, wow. Anyway. Mm -hmm. And in some ways I suspect that that was, I'm not going to say intentional, but utilized mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I, didn't care, I could have cared less what came out of my mouth during that period. I just wanted mm -hmm. to get through it. And so I understand that what's on the other side of this is a kind of peace that's real. And I know it because I've had the experience of it. But is it yet where I operate from? No. I hope one day. No, but I don't know <laughs> guarantee, truthfully. Mm, beautiful. Well, I, I, I appreciate your candor and um, you know, what a beautiful gift that, that you're giving to the world. And I know that at times it is probably seems a little bit uh uh, you know, I'm sure there's lots of words we could come up with, but it is your path and, and, and you're walking it beautifully. And all we can ask is accountability and transparency and honesty. In it. And, and I believe that, that you do that um, generously. And, and again, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. So for all of you out there, I know we have a lot of Paul Selig fans who listen to us. You're going to love Realization and the new Beyond the Known series. Make sure you check it out. We're going to have links for you. Um, and if you want to, obviously, if you're not a Paul Selig fan, which I'm not sure why you're not, um, you should be. And so go to paulselig.com and check him out. Check out his work. Paul, are there any last mo uh, bits that you want to leave our audience with? Anything you'd like to share before we sign off? No, really. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. And, you know, I'm always pleased to find out that there are people that are, are working with this material and being helped by it. So thank you. Mm. Well, beautiful. Well, thank you. And, um, and to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty and we love that you listen and are sharing with your friends and um, over a million downloads a month is, 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 is awesome. And, and we'd love to see that number grow. So thank you so much. Um, we're, we're nothing without you all. So until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.